Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Day in the Life of Zori podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I do apologize for the slight delay in publishing another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is Friday, May 26th, and we are leading up to Memorial Day weekend, so I hope that everyone has had a fantastic May and has a wonderful weekend. It's supposed to be beautiful weather here in Connecticut, so if you are up here in New England and Connecticut, I hope you enjoy your beautiful weekend. And today I really want to talk about a very um, special and near and dear topic to my heart. Um, just in case you didn't know, May is May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And um, I happen to work for a company that has highlighted this, not just in the month of May, but continuously publishes articles and makes resources available to all of their associates to um, help support and provide healthy and well-balanced mental health. Um, As we know, mental health really took a toll when COVID hit, and it has been imperative to really highlight the importance of mental health as a part of the whole um, wellness aspect and, you know, envisioning a wellness, you know, image in your mind. It's not just physical and emotional, but also mental. Um, And I just want to share a few facts and then share some uh, unique things that I have personally experienced and have seen um, in my personal life. So first, a couple of fast facts. One in five U.S. adults experience mental illness each year, and one in 20 adults in the U.S. experience serious mental illness each year. One in six youth ages 6 to 17 experience a mental health disorder each year, and 50% of all lifetime mental illness will begin by age 14, and 75% will begin by age 24. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among people ages 10 to 14. Now, as a mom of an almost 13-year-old, that statistic really resonated with me. Um, and I guess the, per- the first piece of personal um, information I'll share with you is that when the pandemic hit and these kids went fully remote, fully virtual, one of my greatest concerns was how completely detached my oldest child was. At the time, she was 10, um, and it was just very concerning just to kind of see her continue to withdraw further and further into her lonesomeness, um, you know, and, and I put in all of my best efforts and energy to ensure that she had an outlet to talk to me, that we connected and hung out with friends from time to time, you know, periodically checking in and making it a routine to just really have like fun, open conversation with her and make sure that she felt seen and heard and validated because the socialization aspect of school was so widely removed. And if you are a parent and had a child in school during the time that the pandemic was at its height in 2020 and 2021, um, you know, definitely, I, I, I'm sure that we all felt the stress and weight of 
not only our own mental health declining, because I suffered from a lot of stress, anxiety, and even depression during the height of the pandemic, um, just from the socialization aspects changing because of the pandemic. But then on top of that, worrying about my kids' well-being and their overall wellness meant more than just their physical and emotional being, but their mental health um, well-being. And, you know, that seeing the fact that the statistics are the second leading cause of death among people from ages 10 to 14 is suicide is just terrifying. Um, What are we missing? What are we ignoring? What is it that we are not paying attention to um, that we should? And mental health is at the very core of that um, because there's a lot of things that kids go through and traumas that they experience that we as parents or family members may not even realize. And we forget that in this ever-growing digital age and digital media forum that our kids live in, the aspect of like bullying, of, you know, picking on each other, um, of somebody name calling and, you know, really getting under your skin doesn't end when you walk out of the doors of school. It continues online. These kids, even if they're very much restricted and monitored like our daughter is, there are still ways for kids to just continuously harass one another online and it just doesn't end. So there is no getting away and detaching from a situation where you are the victim. Um, and that takes a huge toll on your overall mental and emotional wellness. Um, so just, you know, be really mindful if you are a parent of, you know, these younger ages that you might not think are so fully impacted. They are. And the pandemic really did a number on these kids' mental health. And it made an impact in how they regulate their emotional wellness as well. So it's just like a big snowball effect from the lack of socialization and the lack of interaction with other kids their ages. So, um, you know, as I mentioned, I suffered from a lot of um, stress, anxiety, and depression. And um, it all culminated in me having even to take time off of work at the end of 2021. And it was a really jarring experience for me because I didn't really, like, I have friends that have suffered from, like, severe bipolar disorder or severe depression, anxiety, Um, you know, friends that have had, you know, been on medication for decades. And like, I've personally like seen the effects of that and the highs and the lows. And, you know, I I always thought that I was always kind of borderline um, with anxiety and depression. And I was always able to kind of manage it without needing any type of medical intervention, um, without needing any type of medication. Um, but you know, the pandemic really did a number on me and it was just a really big adjustment to my life to go from, you know, being in the office five days a week to being at home five days a week. And then just kind of your day didn't really have a clear cut end and beginning between work and home because you were home all day. Um, and, it just really took a toll on my mental health and my emotional wellness. And it resulted in me taking a leave of absence from work um, to just kind of work through that and get all of the help that I needed in order to be able to navigate through all of my feelings and all of my thoughts around, you know, what was happening in my life. And there was nothing particularly traumatic. It was just really 
you know, the, the pandemic hit, my husband was in healthcare and it was just like a lot of worry and stress of the normal kind, but it was just the sheer volume and consistency of the stress that really did a number on my mental health. And, you know, I, I found myself making appointments to doctors that I never thought I would have to see. Um, you know, I ended up seeing my primary doctor and she referred me to, you know, a mental health clinic and, you know, I, I now have a psychiatrist on deck. Um, and you know, I have a therapist on deck and, while I've experienced therapy before out of my own will and accord, you know, because I thought that it would be beneficial for me in the past, I didn't really see how therapy was going to remediate the way that I was feeling. But we started with therapy and then resulted in um, also having some medic- medical um, prescriptions, you know, being, being submitted for me. And it's been, well, that was the end of 2021. So it's been about a year and a half now. Um on my therapy and medication treatment plan and I am doing well. I feel really, really happy and I can kind of feel um, when things are becoming overwhelming and my husband has just been a godsend because he can kind of recognize it and sees the, you know, deer in headlights look um, on my face and is like, go do something like go ahead, I got it, you know, um, and he will take the kids and keep, you know, man the fort if you will, and give me a moment to kind of like recollect myself. Um, and, you know, something as silly as one of our cars was in the shop for the last two weeks. And of course, because I work what, five minutes from the our house, I was the one that was not driving. Um, I was being driven and, you know, picked up, dropped off, whatever, for um, the sake of, you know, distance and just where we work it just made more logical sense that I was the one getting dropped off rather than doing the driving for everybody. Um, and just in that short stint of less than two weeks of me not having my car, even if it's a five minute commute, my mental health began to decline. Um, because I, I very much enjoy the solace of like ending the work day and just like having a few minutes of like reprieve before jumping into the next phase and the next job, which is mothering. Right. Um, And, you know, (laughs) I had a one-on-one meeting this week with my boss and it just like, it all came out like verbal vomit. Um, And I was like, I'm so sorry. It's just been like one thing after another. I'm like, my kid's been sick and it's just been like, we're down one car and I am just not getting a single break any point and I'm not resting well and I'm not feeling great. And it's just like, everything's declining. And I like, it was like all, you know, all the red flags, all the red alerts, um, And then on top of it, I realized that I had like dropped the ball with some supplements I'm supposed to be taking and I wasn't taking them in time. And I am now feeling the effects of not having started those on time. So yeah, it was just like a whole, it's like a whole snowball effect when you are not checking in and doing what you need to for your mental health wellness. Um, So then a couple of additional like statistics that I wanted to go ahead and share is that millions of people in the U.S. are affected by mental illness each year. And across the country, many people, just like you and I, work, perform, create, compete, laugh, love, inspire every single day, even suffering or dealing with mental illness. So 22.8% of U.S. adults experienced mental illness in the year of 2021. So that's roughly about 57.8 million people, um, which represents roughly one in five adults. 
5.5% of, of U.S. adults experience serious mental illness, which is about 14.1 million people, um, which is about the 1 in 20 adults that we mentioned before. 16.5% of U.S. youth ages 6 to 17 experience a mental health disorder, um, which is roughly about 7.7 million youth. Um, and with that breakdown, um, the annual prevalence of mental illness among adults by demographic group. So, um, 16.4% of that group is Asian, uh, 18.1% is native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islander. 21.4% is black or African American. 20.7% is Hispanic or Latino. 23.9% is white. 26.6% is American Indian or Alaska Native, 34.9% is mixed multiracial, and 50.2% is lesbian, lesbian, gay, or bisexual. Um, so the L LGBTQ community is 50.2% um, of that population has some kind of prevalence of mental illness. And, you know, the, the mental illness, when we refer to that, we are looking at Roughly the prevalence among adults, less than 1% actually is schizophrenia, um, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder is about 1.2%. Borderline personality disorder is about 1.4%. Um, bipolar disorder is 2.8%. Post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD is 3.6%. Major depressive episodes, upticks to 8.3%. And anxiety disorders is the main prevalence among U.S. adults, which is at 19.1%. So 19.1% of um, anxiety disorders. So that's a huge like uptick. And I'm sure the statistics for more recent years, like 2022, are probably even higher. Um, because very much like myself, um, I very much delayed looking for treatment, seeking help, because I thought that it would just kind of go away as things got slightly better with the pandemic and just where we were at, you know, as a country, you know, in our state, in our town. Um, and, you know, just realizing having a mental illness can make it challenging to live everyday life and maintain recovery. And beyond the individual, these challenges ripple through our families, our communities, and our world. So when you have somebody or you yourself are suffering from mental illness, it impacts the people directly around you, right? So like in my case, my husband also suffers from anxiety. And when he is really wound up and his anxiety is like striking up really high, like I get very concerned for his well-being um, because it has immediate direct physical impacts on him. Um, and it's very scary because you just don't know like where that uptick is going to take place and how, you know, what I need to do to help intervene and help him. Um, he's not on any type of medication or anything of the sort, um, but he definitely has had severe like panic and anxiety episodes that have resulted in us having to like visit the ER to have like him sedated because like the physical impacts on his body are so significant it like it makes his chest like hurt and he feels like he's having like some kind of like heart issue it's just it's very very serious so in my case like my um anxiety stress and depression 
definitely tilt over towards the depression side. I definitely get some anxiety and I can feel it um, come on, but I can usually kind of help bring myself back down. But with the depression aspect of it, like I can just like feel myself detaching and there's really nothing that I can kind of do to like reel myself back in. Um, I'm, I'm definitely much more conscious of when I start to feel that way and try to like bring in additional exercises and mindfulness and, you know, different things that I have learned through the course of therapy and talking to, you know, therapist, a psychiatrist, my primary, different, you know, different tools and resources that I've made available. And, you know, I'll look through and we do different sessions at work. I've attended countless um, information sessions about different types of mental health disorders, different ways to cope, different ways to um, help yourself reset. And, you know, it's just been like at the forefront, especially this month of May, because it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, there's just been a vast number of information and articles and resources that have been made available even more so. They've been highlighted even more so this month. Um, so I've definitely taken advantage of like attending as many sessions as I possibly could just to, you know, learn any additional new tools or tricks that I perhaps haven't tried yet um, to kind of have in my back pocket for if and when I need them. So for, um, you know, people who have depression, you have a 40% higher risk of developing cardiovascular or metabolic diseases um, than the, the general population. So people with serious mental illness are nearly twice as likely to develop these conditions. So that's like a huge impact. It's not just your mental health. It then begins to take a toll on your actual physical health. Um, then, of course, there's 33.5% of U.S. adults with mental illness also experience a substance use disorder, um, which is roughly about 19.4 million individuals. And it's just like it's significantly impactful to your overall wellness and your physical health. Um, at least 8.4 million people in the U.S. provide care to an adult with mental or emotional health issues. So that's part of your family impact. And caregivers of adults with mental or emotional health issues spend an average of 32 hours per week provided providing unpaid care. So this is the additional support, right? So if you have, excuse me, if you are blessed to have that support system, in place. Um, consider yourself lucky and blessed, right, that you have additional support within your family or friend circle that help provide that additional support, consistency, um, and are there, you know, to be able to fill the gaps or whatever, whenever you need. You know, you're in extreme need of that additional hand. Now, in consideration of that, Think about the fact that these are also people that work. So in, in our case, my husband and I both work full-time jobs. We are both the parents to our kids. So like there's other responsibilities that we have to tend to, but when one of us is having some kind of episode, then the other person is picking up the slack. Um, picking up the slack and still providing care and support and caring for the person that's experiencing the episode. Now, with the fact of mental health and mental illness, 21.1% of people experiencing homelessness in the U.S. have a serious mental health condition. 
Now, I've personally volunteered in an event that deals with homeless veterans in Connecticut, and you can most certainly see the direct impact of like people's mental health, wellness, or illness, and the direct impact that it has on how they present themselves, how they carry themselves, how they're able to function um, in normal routine interactions. And it's just, it's very, like, it's very saddening to see the amount of people that need help and how limited a lot of the resources are when somebody doesn't have, like, medical insurance or when somebody isn't covered, like, the, the limited amount of resources that are out there just are not enough for the sheer volume of people that need the help. But as we continue to bring the light onto mental health and mental health wellness, um, we need to think of the broader spectrum of the fact that we as a nation, as a society, and you know, not just in the US, but just across the world, we really need to be mindful of how we help people gain the resources and the tools necessary in order to be able to get the help that they need. And a lot of times, you know, if it's not serious mental health conditions, a lot of times it's therapy. It's, you know, some sessions with like a psychiatrist to help work through some of the trauma, to help cope with some of the things that have been experienced and to be able to regulate yourself, your emotions and your your physical reactions to certain events and triggers. And, you know, it might sound like really silly if you've never been in the place of experiencing some kind of mental health, you know, condition or episode. Um, but, you know, really talking through something like I've literally called, um, at the height of like my episodes, I was literally calling like a hotline we have at work. And like one of the sessions, like I literally just like, I probably bawled for half the session. And it was just like, in between, I would answer questions and like talk. Um, but it was just like, it was just so overwhelming that I couldn't even like put to words what it was that like I was feeling or experiencing. Um, and even with the little bit that I was able to provide this therapist over the phone, not even in person, over the phone, um, they were able to help pinpoint the probable cause of like all of my stress and anxiety. And then they were able to give me like some coping tools and, you know, referred me to a, a full-time therapist, which I did find and she's wonderful. Um, but you know, they were able to help me in that point in time. And even one session would like help me like reset for, you know, several weeks at a time. Like I was good for a while. And then, you know, then I'd start to feel the effects and like, okay, how do I regulate again? And how do I get myself back to center? Um, and it's just very, very essential to like understand that mental health is just as crucial as our physical and emotional health. And I think that we're becoming much more open to that but we still have a long way to go to really truly understand and comprehend the effects of mental health 
and how that truly impacts the, you know, the overall wellness of the person. It's, it, it impacts your physical health. It impacts your emotional health. It impacts how you socialize. It impacts how you deal and how you cope. It impacts with how you relate to other people in the world. And it impacts the way that you put yourself out there. So it impacts the way that you're, the things that you're willing to do for work. It impacts the things you're willing to do for school. It impacts the things you're willing to do socially. Um, And, you know, when you think about all of that and all the possible repercussions of somebody, you know, really trying or experiencing um, difficulty with a mental health illness, um, whether it's serious or not, it it can really have like just a a continued ripple effect on their actions or behavior and just the way they carry themselves in life. And it starts so early it starts so young. And I think that when you think about mental health, we're always thinking of, you know, maybe the late teens into young adulthood and then adulthood, but we forget that the kids, even little kids, suffer different degrees of trauma. And it doesn't have to be anything super extreme like sexual abuse or actual full-on physical abuse, but children experience trauma for different things and different things of severity. And they don't know how to process that information or that situation. And with that continues a ripple effect of them not being able to understand nor cope and how to regulate their emotions should they encounter something similar again later on in life. And, you know, I, I find that, you know, there are schools and places that are offering more and more emotional like intelligence and emotional wellness and with that ties in mental health right people try and teach different um meditation different um mindfulness you know we call it examples, mindfulness exercises, and all of that ties into both emotional and mental health wellness. And I think that the more that we include that, whether it's, you know, a morning session while they're in homeroom, let's try, you know, let's do a mindfulness exercise before we kick off our day. Like a lot of that helps these kids regulate. And it's like, it's the very small impact that has a huge long-term effect. Um, and just being open-minded to mental health, being open-minded to discussing, you know, the, the, the trials and tribulations of what it is to have a mental health disorder, um, whether severe or not, and to understand and not compare, right? Because my mental health disorder, which is stress, anxiety, and depression, might not look like your stress, anxiety, and depression, Um, the way that I react and cope might not look like the way that you react and cope because every single person is different and the severity of what we feel and what triggers it is different. However, understanding and just being a caring, kind individual helps to open up the gateway for people to openly communicate about their struggles and to be able to be heard, understood, seen, um, and not shamed or cast aside because they suffer from a mental health disorder. Um, I think there's there is still very much stigma around people with mental health issues, and you know it's 
completely normal. Clearly, I just read you the statistics of millions and millions and millions of people are being impacted by mental health disorders in the U.S. alone. And that is just like, these numbers are jarring. And I'm sure that the numbers have skyrocketed even since because these are from 2021 stats. And um, it's just incredible to me that people are still so very uneducated around mental health. And if you meet somebody and they tell you that they are suffering from XYZ and they share even a little bit of insight and you're not sure either A, ask the questions or B, do a little bit of research, read a little bit about it. Um, Even at work, like I'm working on like stuff for my own like personal development within my career and some of the tools that I use are things that help me how to deal with stress management and how to deal with, you know, how to deal with adverse reactions and things like that, that are normal things that are bound to come up in my career and in my day-to-day life as an employee. Um, and I, I want to have the tools in my pocket to be able to cope, deal, and professionally handle these things while still being true to myself and helping myself regulate and feel okay and, you know, overcome these challenges that might trigger a mental health episode. Um, so I just really wanted to touch base on that and just really share a little bit about, you know, just overall mental health awareness month. And, you know, this month it was wear green for mental health awareness. Um, excuse me, awareness. Take you out. Um, So, you know, definitely we have a few days left of the month of May. So if you haven't taken an opportunity to do some research, do some reading, maybe if you know somebody that suffers from a mental health disorder, maybe talk to them and get a little bit more insight, you know, let them know that you're there, that you can support them, that you can, you know, you're willing to be, you know, a listening ear or, you know, be a piece of comfort for them. And, you know, just if you are blessed enough not to have to, suffer from any of these mental health disorders, then, you know, God bless you and I'm good for you. Um, But most likely than not, you know at least one person who does suffer from a mental health disorder, whether it's mild or severe. And, you know, just make it known that you understand, you know, you might not understand exactly what they're going through, but you are there and you support them and care for them and, you know, want them to continue on their wellness journey. Um, and you want to help support them, you know, in whatever way you can. And, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of understanding that a friend's not going to call you or text you because they're feeling overwhelmed. Um, and being that understanding person on the other side of the line, understanding that, okay, they're going through something right now. So it's cool. I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be bitter that they're not responding to me because they're going through something. Um, obviously you can certainly reach out and say, Hey, just want to make sure that you're good. You know? Um, which is always kind and welcomed, but obviously be understanding that you might not always get that immediate response and, um, just make it known that you're there to support, you know, that you love them, that you care for them and that you want their wellness too. And and their mental health is also a priority, you know, for you as a friend or family member that you want them to be well and you want them to be a full, well-rounded, healthy person. Um, in every aspect of their being and mental health is obviously a key component to that. Um, so, you know, just wanted to bring awareness to that before the month closes out. I hope that everyone has a fantastic and beautiful Memorial Day weekend. Um, I have some fun, exciting things going on this weekend with my family 
And um, I'm just really looking forward to having some downtime, some chill time with family and friends and just laugh and have a good time. It's getting nice out. And um, I thank you so much all for tuning in. I appreciate it so, so much. And I hope you have a great one. And until next time, friends, thank you so much for tuning in. Bye.